Howdy, and welcome to the third instalment of the Talking FM podcast. Joining me today is Henry once again, and we're here to talk about all things changes to the Football Manager franchise, both this year and what we'd like to see in the future. We've got a little bit of an update on some of our saves, as well as Henry's first network save experience he's had through the week. But that's enough preamble, we can just jump straight in. Enjoy. Uh, we We put a tweet out yesterday asking what people would change about a Football Manager. If they could add one thing or take one thing away, what do you think your one thing would be? I think the match engine is the most important thing at the moment. The frustration of it that needs to change. Mm -hmm. When you you especially, I I just can't get over the winger running to the byline and having a shot instead of cutting it back to the open striker and into the six yard box. That still just irks me. We had two on Twitter from Sog Plays. We had just a more of a aesthetic one. Uh, round stadiums and just a general like broader design of stadiums which I think is more directed at I guess the immersiveness of the game and the 3D match engine I personally don't play in I have replays for the 3D but I skip them mostly so I I definitely see though people who do play on 3D that would absolutely help change it up Uh, yeah and then from um, Andy T we had uh, set piece redesign which I thought was an interesting one because I think set pieces are probably the most underdeveloped aspect of football yeah. manager, especially like FM 19, it was corners you didn't score from. I think there's definitely been an uptick in scoring from corners this year, but whether that's from the way the marking has changed, yeah. which seems to be the case for most things. Yeah, free, I find free kicks outside, like on the edge of the box, like from 40 yards out, the AI they score all the time. Yeah, definitely. Like far post, just free yeah. kicks to the far post and then there's just a bloke there who's not marked, which I think yeah. must be how they've changed the marking in the engine this year. I personally yeah. haven't looked into actually what they changed specifically, but I know that was obviously no. the big issue when the game first came out, playing yeah. a higher line. You just got beaten over the back so much. I want a game mode. I want to be able to play as the director of football. So I want yeah. to be able to hire... And, I mean, we've spoken before about how tactically inept I am. <laughs> and how poor I am as a coach. I want to just, I want to be like effectively a general manager. Like if, if you play in US, the US version of the game, you've got a general manager and a head coach. I want to hire the head yeah. coach and I want him to play my team. And all, it'll, it'll almost give you like, you can, pl- you can obviously would be able to view the game, but you could also just do basically instant result and you could churn through seasons and people who, you know, sign players for a certain amount of playing time, then you have to make sure you've got room in your team for it and all that sort of stuff. And I think it just adds, it adds a bit of like, all right, my hands are off it. It's not my fault if we lose in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Which is That's what, what I need. I've seen people tweet that to Miles Jacobson and he's kind of said, well, it's a full manager game, so we're not going to make that because it's about managing football and being the actual manager. So I'm not sure how I agree that I'd like to see something like that, a different kind of mode. Where, you, where you're doing something else. Like, yeah. yeah, chairman mode kind of thing people have said. Because and... I think there's two types of people who play a football manager. It's people who are tactically minded and they really appreciate the setting up a tactic, playing, all that sort of thing. And then there's people yeah. who just want to buy and sell players and they basically just like, yeah, almost play it in general manager mode and then they manage teams on the side. Obviously, there's people who are in the middle who I think the game is brilliant for. Yeah. Um, but I think that's always been football manager's strength over FIFA or that sort of thing is the actual, the way in which you buy players is so different and so much harder to get a good player. 
and a bit more unknown as well. Yeah, you know what definitely. You're getting. But the set piece one, um, the set piece one, I found interesting because I think that's such a neglected area of the game. How deep do you go into it when you're setting up your tactics? How much do you go into your set pieces? Uh, I would, and I said this on Twitter. I would probably look at it once in a, once every like when I open up the save, and I would just yeah. change one or two things, and then after that, I probably wouldn't touch it. I could completely change my tactic and how like I could be playing a, th- a three centre back for like formation have three blokes hanging around the area set my set pieces up for that change to a flat four at the back with full backs and then i wouldn't change like where my third defender would have been yeah. i'll just leave it and i i just have never seen it as an area where obviously in past games you can score fm base put up a video about it last week about how to set them up which got me thinking about it and so i went and changed it in my salzburg save and yeah. I don't know if it's just because I was more, like I wanted to be more aware of it that I thought we were scoring more or whether yeah. <laughs> it was just because oh, I'm actually noticing it now. So yeah, I've definitely seen tactics though where uh, people play very defensive fullbacks, like no nonsense fullbacks who are six foot two and then they score <laughs> a lot from set pieces because they have like, you know, they've got three or four more players who are four inches yeah. taller than their six. direct opponent. Yeah. So I've definitely that idea, interests yeah. me because you know I love a tall player. Yeah. And <laughs> first thing you look at for especially when I look at my teams and the little assistant manager report, and it always says that we concede a lot from free kicks and we don't make the most of our chances. But my whole team's six foot tall, Correct. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Definitely, free kicks are an interesting part of the game because I think people want to score like goals from free direct free kicks. They yeah. want to put the ball in the back of the net. They don't, but the AI doesn't seem to score that much. They seem to assist to the, to the far post and a lot. Far post, that running player. And I don't, I mean, I don't, I probably admittedly, I don't watch enough football to actually know how often I should be expecting to see someone score. But to well, me, saw- it seems like a pretty straightforward way to score compared to in open play. I saw a corner stat the other week, I think, from the Premier League. And the corner the amount of goals scored with corners was ridiculously low. From every fifty corners, one scored or something. You you could think it would be, but it's not. Probably football's changed a fair bit from not just getting into the box and headering it. Yeah, and I guess as well, you look at how the game registers a highlight. We probably see, you know, maybe too many corners because I guess when the ball's in the air, the AI, the actual AI may see it as a an opportunity to score because it's a ball into the box. Just like yeah. if there was a cross put into the box, you're probably going to see it as well. But then you look at the stats yeah. on the side of the screen and your team's connected on, you know, has maybe yeah. connected on four out of 15 crosses, but you've only yeah. seen three. So you see all three they connect with. So maybe that's just why it seems so skewed to a football manager player because you only see the half yeah, exactly. chances when you, depending on what your highlights are on. I mean, I personally play on extended highlights because I want to, get a better idea for, you know, if my the opponent is getting on top in one way specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if you only play on key highlights, you're never going to see a corner for the whole game. No. One depends on mood. Sometimes I watch extended on like normal speed. Sometimes I watch key on a bit quicker. Depends if I can be asked. The moment that I go 3-0 up with... Let's say I'm up. Let's say I'm either up or down three goals, and there's 15 minutes left. I just turn my highlights off 
and I put it on commentary yeah. and text commentary. If oh, I'm just yeah. like subbing in players to to finish the game off, I generally yeah. don't worry about it. I hate when you get to a new save and you forget to change your assistant manager doing your friendlies <laughs> and you click through and suddenly you're playing a friendly and it's oh. yeah. uh, So you sent me a message earlier in the week. You're playing yep. a network save, which is not something either of us really do. We've been approached about yeah. one, an Australian one, which I think would be very cool to be part of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're playing a, a network save on FM 17 of all the versions. Full range of 17, yeah. Talk me it's through a guy it. From, a guy from England that's friends with my sister. And I just met his message. My, I can't remember how it happened. I think I posted a story on Instagram, the full manager meme. He kind of put two and two together, obviously, and messaged my sister about it. Then we started playing a bit of Full Manager, talking about it. And then he just said, do you want to do an online save on Full Manager 17? Because that's his most current version. I said, yeah, why not? So he's <laughs> Montrose. We're doing a Scottish League 2 save, so I'm our both and he's Montrose. We've got through, I think, the first three or four games of the season so far. And I thought I had a pretty good pre-season. Because you know how, I don't know if you've managed in the League 2 of Scotland or in the lower leagues, you have the kind of League Cup group stage before the season. Yeah, I did quite well. So I thought, hang on a minute, we're going all right here. Man- managed to get my way up to first in the predicted finishes from the media. So I thought, okay, we're doing all right. Lost the first game of the season to the team predicted to finish bottom. At home, <laughs> 1-0. Oh, here we go. Every damn time. And um, second game, played against his Montrose team and drew one each, which was all right. So at least I got on the board. But yeah, it's good fun. I didn't realise how fun it could be, you know what I mean? I've always kind of thought, play by myself get it done i mean the, the issue that i have with a network save is having to be and physically there at the same time like when it's a game yeah, that has so much necessarily like yeah. like you think about like someone like making fm videos they might put out a 15 minute video which is all of the action in the video just about they've probably taken them two hours or more because yeah. it more, takes yeah. so long to process depending on what your settings are so if you want to have a half decent save you've probably got to have a few leagues in there and it takes a while. I do like the idea yeah. of like a fantasy draft, draft fantasy draft sort of thing. You have all your players that are going to be fit. You're basically just playing, you know, you're a lot of games and then you go through to yeah. the next stage. So the idea of doing it in a tournament format with like a world cup, I think that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it is a bit yeah. slow. It can be a bit slow. He's also, he's in England. So we're finding it hard to find the right time to play as well. Mm, long I distance mean, FM. Tough. Yeah. That's tough stuff. It's worth it though. It's good fun. And I started as well I, um, on Full Manager 20, a save with Sterling in the Scottish League too. So I'm now into, so I'm into the, I got promoted last season, my first season. Now I'm third in my second season, so it's gone all right. What's the goal just from League 2 to the top? Championship, yeah. I don't know. It's tough work trying to knock off Celtic and Rangers. Mm, I can yeah, imagine. Give it a crack. In my Salzburg save, I've had Celtic twice now in the group stages yeah real really pissing me off yeah and i can't beat them they're yeah, they always they're, do incredibly their their team is all worth every single player is worth 30 million pounds what am i meant yeah. to do with that i my most expensive players worth 15 only because i paid overs for him i know and then you think they're in a league where other teams don't have a player worth 500k dundee and I, things like that they've mm. That's that was my vision with Salzburg was that I was going to turn them into into the Celtic of Austria, but the Austrian league is better than the Scottish league in terms of player value. I mean, they're less, yeah. like I said, the, it may not be as good a league as a whole, yeah. but there are. They, I mean, there's no Rangers. Put it that way. No. The closest the closest team to you is Lask or whatever they are. 
and you sort of have to loan your players to them to keep them. Yeah, I get what you mean. So, like, yeah. I've currently got 35 players out on loan. Yeah. And I've got 10 players out on loan in the Austrian league. And they're all my good players. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make the Austrian teams better. Because they obviously go and play in, like, the Europa League and the Euro Cup too. Yeah. So, I thought I'll, I'll make them at least, you know, I want their coefficients to rise. It shot me in the foot, though. Because I'm currently fourth it- in the league. Oh, how many games have you played? I'm on 14 points with three other teams and the leading team seven, on 15. Six or seven. Okay. Yeah, I've lost two games. Like, it's not a disaster Ouch. by any stretch. It's just that I loan my good players to the teams in Europe. So now they're obviously already good teams and they have more money yeah. because they're in Europe. Also, it doesn't help that I'm now not in the Champions League because I didn't qualify. <laughs> Was it the playoffs? Did you lose lost to Ludogorets. Oh, Ouch. Beat him 1-0 uh, at their home venue and I thought, oh, piss Easy. this in. Lost the rotated squad. <laughs> yeah, rotated the squad. <laughs> I had two league games. I was like, oh, I'm playing Lask and um, yeah. oh, another team that's not too bad. So I thought, oh, I better rotate my team a little bit. I actually played, I worked out, this is how, how far ahead of myself I had gotten. Pre all this happening, I made some, some serious moves. Like, I sold some dudes. I sold, what's his name? Soz... I can't remember. Zobolai. 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 Yeah. I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring it up. This, this may actually may our uh, call lag out. But um, yeah, I'm going to say Zobolai. I sold Zobolai for 87 million to Arsenal. So I thought, Ooh. good business. That's huge. His release clause was 60 million, but that was to teams in the Champions League and Arsenal weren't in the Champions League. So they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't activate it. So I got 87 million for him. And then I sold my uh, right-sided winger uh, Karim Adeyemi, Adeyemi, not sure quite how you say it. Sold him to Southampton for 35 million. And so at this point, I had enough money that I could pretty much go and buy whoever I wanted. Yeah. And so I did. And I bought a, a, re, a regen, or sorry, a new gen called uh, Egiotis Martinez from uh, Rio Sociedad. And he is amazing. He's an automatic replacement for Dominic Sosobazar. He's an immediate replacement for him and he's 17 years old. So he's basically like, I've gone like for like. I bought him for 26 and a half million because that was his release clause. And I know I'm going to be able to sell him for 50. I bought him and then I decided that everyone kept putting in offers for um, for Woba or Voba, however you say his name, Maximilian. Yep. Uh, they, and, and also for Rasmus Christensen. So both of my left and right backs were basically on the block. So I sold Voba for 30 million to Liverpool. He also plays as a... He plays as a um, a centre-back for the Austrian national team. He obviously, he plays both positions. He's pretty versatile. Same with uh, Christensen. He plays everywhere from right-back through to defensive mid and left-back and centre-back and all the way up on the right-hand side. So he's... All the good teams want him. I sold him to some Chinese team. Uh, he is pretty tall, actually. I'll just have a look. He's uh, he's six foot one, so he fits my criteria. And Vova also is six foot two. So they fit my criteria of six foot tall wingers, basically. Uh, so I sold those for 30 million and 27 and a half million each. And then after that, I basically just tried to offload all the players that I wasn't going to be able to play. So yep. I sold a heap of players that uh, were under 23, but uh, weren't even going to feature because the Austrian loan rules, I tell you what. Okay. So I've mentioned before 10 loans domestically. Also another lo- another one I didn't know about Austrian teams can't loan out more than six players over the age of 22. That sort of ruined my whole like conveyor belt of talent idea. Yeah. 
So I had to then go, okay, well, I've got to loan out. So I loaned out my goalkeeper. I loaned out my backup center back. I loaned out my backup striker. I loaned out all these players that were like the guys who I expected to sell, but I had good enough replacements for in to, to win league games outside of Champions League stuff. Because my favorite thing to do is buy players outside the window. And then I forget how many players I bought outside the window. <laughs> yeah. And when the window opened up, I had 10 players join me, all of them for fees between 5 million and 1 million. Were they so had, players you'd bought at the start of the save or like a year, a year ago? You know, when you buy young players, yeah. sometimes they join a year and a half later. Yes. So the, a, a few yeah. of the, uh, that's my favorite thing to do. I didn't mention it last week when I asked you what your like, your go-to negotiation tactic was. But mine is buy a player for 2 million, keep them there on a two-year loan, basically. Yeah. Because I know I'm not, like, it might be like a, often these are like your 21 year old left back who is playing 15 games a season. He's not going to play for me because he might like just not be good enough yet or his mentals might be ordinary. Because I yeah. find mentals are probably, apart from good crossing and probably just good crossing and pace for a, like a wing back for me is the things I look for outside yeah. their mentals, but off the ball anticipation. Aggression. Aggression. All they're the most important stats, I think, for any defensive player on either yeah. side. So I just want them to get better. And they're going to get better over time. So I just leave them at the club they're at if they were playing. Yeah. And generally speaking, I find it it probably wipes like half a million off the price. And that's these players are usually like two million pounds. So that's twenty five percent discount. And I don't have to worry about finding them alone. Yeah. So I did that. Exactly. But I had this was now my third season. So I've got basically, they've got done their two years. You know, they were, they were, I just sort of forgot about them, basically. Yeah. And they came back and you couldn't So I had 10 out. players join me after I'd just gone and sold a heap of like important key players. So I think when I did it at the time, I probably thought, oh, I'm going to have this conveyor belt of talent. I'll buy them, I'll send them online, I'll buy them, I'll send them on loan. Someone will want to buy them off me. I'll make double what I bought them for. Yeah. Which is awesome in theory. I've only sold one player that I bought and I'm in my third season. I've only sold players that I started with on the game, basically. Might happen, might happen quickly, though. Well, you know what I mean, I think so. I mean, like I said last week, I've sort of changed my mindset. I thought I was going to sign players for 200K to 2 million. I've actually got to yeah. sign players for 15 million. And yeah, so I bought in... 50, 60. Basically. I bought in Greg Taylor from Celtic. He's, he's a genius, man. He's so yeah. good. He was my replacement for Voba on the left-hand side. Uh, then I ha- I've also got a, a new gen from Brazil, uh, which came through my youth academy, who's Hell also yeah. very good on the left-hand side, who's on loan, getting his mentals a bit better. Yeah, I, I basically just signed so many players that I just can't play and I can't loan them out because I've already loaned out my six players over 22 or I've loaned out my 10 players domestically. So I went and got another yeah. affiliate club, can't move them there. So I'm paying some team in the lower leagues of Austria, which isn't even in my game. Like they're just one of those um, yeah, clubs yeah. that get sent to you when you look for an affiliate. So I've got one of them that I can't loan players to. I'm just giving them 30 grand a year. They don't even exist. It's just like I find, I'm just burning 30,000 pounds. I find I hate having a big squad where players can't play that are young. Like it makes me so uncomfortable having a 20-year-old in the reserves that I can't play that's got a four mm. or five-star potential. I don't have a reserve yeah. team. Yeah, ouch. And ouch. I'm just, I'm so disenchanted by this save right now. And this happens. Yeah. Like this, I'm, at, I'm now at that point in the save where like, 
you go one way or the other. Especially because in Austria, you can't like you win the league easily, but you're not really going to win the Champions League. Well, like I'm fourth in the league, but yeah, I because they've got that stupid split rule. I know that yeah. I only have to be in the top six and then I'm going to steamroll teams at the end of the season when yeah. they get tired and I start rotating players. Yeah. And if I really want to, I can crack the shits halfway through and just recall all my players from loan. Yeah, correct. Because yeah, Aust- Austria has no real, like, no real uh, difficult registration rules. Similar to Germany, they just basically anyone can play for them. I think like the nine, nine seven or something. Yeah, it's like seven overseas players is the limit. Yeah. Which... I don't really touch because I went and signed a lot of players from like Serbia and yeah. um, and this in Scandinavia and those sort of areas. It's like the so, non-European. Yeah, it's the non-European players, and I got a I got hard Brexit, but I also it helped me a bit because I bought before the Brexit happened. I bought two English wingers. England teams were blinds buying my players. Like it was Premier League teams that were buying my players, so I yeah, thought yeah. Oh, I'm going to get some English ones because I'll be able to. Ch- they'll want them even more. I'll be able to sell them quicker. So I went, I literally searched personality and fairly ambitious, nationality, English, and then winger, because wingers seem to be really easy to like sell, seem to happy to spend yeah, yeah. money on them. So I found these two blokes, can't remember their names, bought them, sold them for, bought them for 2 million and for 500K, sold them for 4 million and 2 million. That's a long way to a billion doing that. That is a long way. <laughs> Do you find- and I even played them, like I was playing them in Champions League like games as subs. On the Greg Taylor but, thing, do you find fullbacks so overpowered? That formation dependent. Manager? Yeah, I, there is. It is so easy for a fullback to have a rating in seven point one. The first thing you have to sort out when you get to a lower league team is you have to get a a defender who can cross the ball in, and then you can just play a a diamond and two up front and yeah. just have your fullbacks on support and they're going to put the ball in the box and defenders aren't good enough to to clear the ball. They panic. Yeah, I've got a new love for target man. Underrated oh, position. Okay. Actually, did did you vote on the no contest FM World Cup no, I positions? I saw that who won the ball playing defender, did it? Uh, I think ball playing defender beat inside forward, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I saw the, the draw for it and stuff. I didn't vote on it. In that um, save, the British save we were doing the, when we were at um, Ards, I actually really enjoyed using a shadow striker. Yeah, I like that too. I didn't really use it much, and I quite enjoyed it. So it's something I've looked for, but it's hard to find players that you just got to tell a player to play there. Particularly in the lower leagues. Works. Yeah. I think it's that's a position for very good teams. Yeah. So if you're on a team that can play like two, a double pivot in the middle, and then basically three o'clock, three across the attacking midline, and then a striker, yeah. that's, the ta- that's the position for those teams. And it's, you're effectively playing two up front. Yeah, I think it's the best version of the number 10 role in the game because there, there are certain spots, I think, in, think in foot manager at the moment, particularly in FM20, where you just you try to accept you're not getting a good rating out of a player. And that's the attacking midfield slot in the middle. You're not going to get a good rating out of a player. And a goalkeeper, you're not getting a good rating. Like If you have a goalkeeper who averages a 7.1, they are a world beater. They're astonishing. Yeah, 6.7 and a 6.9. Yeah, it's Dr. Benji's biggest pet hate, I think, apart yeah. from Hertha Berlin. <laughs> and it's, it, does, it does confuse me a little bit. I think it's just a case of the engine has no quantifiable way to measure. Like, obviously, oh, well, there's clear-cut chances, but they pin it on the striker if they miss. They don't necessarily pin it yeah. on the goalkeeper. And I think that's yeah. what we might see in FM21 is just a rejigging of the rating system 
as we were saying, fullbacks sometimes get ratings that they probably don't justify. Mm. I found ball winning midfielders in this one haven't been getting the ratings they used to. Oh, I remember I had a Southampton save and I had Victor Wanyama as a ball winning yeah. midfielder. His average rating was like 7.6 for a season because yeah. he just tackled everyone. So I'm finding I don't have that now. Even with bigger sides and things, it's whether or not they've gone so far the other way, but yeah. The average rating, for me, it doesn't take into account your tactic because if you play a high possession tactic or let's say a defensive, a pretty like Italian sort of tactic, you know, three at the back with wingbacks and a holding midfielder and then like two not attacking midfielders in front of him and you just try to win every game 1-0, your team has an average rating of seven if you win. But if you play a really aggressive, you're going to have a team rating of like 7.4. And I feel like that is a bit of an issue. Yeah, I agree. Tackling used to be the way you got a rating. Mm. That Mm. was the big... Yeah, pretty much. uh, Yeah, it's it's a good ticket item. And now it seems to be... I don't don't like how it... And obviously goals. Yeah. I think I do prefer full manager 20 though to 17. That was my that was my next question on the topic was how did you go moving from twenty to seventeen? There's been a lot of changes. There's like that's pre dynamics. That's obviously pre development yeah. squad. It does feel a bit more, a bit simpler, less to less to think about and trying to work out what works on it and what doesn't. You know how there's tactics that just work on a game mm. more than others. And I played a fair bit of football manager seventeen, but never really in depth as I would now. You know what I mean? I, I never thought about it as much because I was only what, 17 years old, you know, finishing school, would play it after school. But now going back to it, it does seem a bit more simple. Yeah, it's, it's more fun in regards to, I think the more in-depth football manager is getting, the harder it is getting to play lower league saves. The jump when you go from the conference to league two is it's hard already because obviously, you know, there's players getting paid and stuff like that. But now dynamics have such an impact on your game. Yeah. You've got such a high player turnover in those leagues. It's actually really hard to, A, keep a team together that's going to become a fluid, dynamic group. And it's also very hard to get all your little lines and everything that are all over the pitch. You, yeah. It's virtually impossible to get them in lower league saves because, you, A, you don't train enough. B, you don't you play enough games, but you don't play enough games with the same team because you have to rotate all the time. Yeah, And I think that's making lower league saves incredibly hard. And it also means that when you get to good teams that already have them pre-built into the game, because like, you know, you might have two players that have played together for years at a club, a midfield pairing, they completely dominate for the first six months. What's your favourite change this year in FM20? I haven't thought about that too much. What's bothered yours? I would say whether it was there or not before, and I just didn't know, the progress graph so I use the Dr. Benji squad view and it's like yeah. just a, it's a worm graph and it shows how well your player is progressing. And obviously if they're in form, they go up and if they're out of form, they probably go down. But if they're training well, it's not the training performance one. It's, I, I can't find it when I make my own display either, like make my own squad view. It is just it says progress. Yeah. It's just called yeah. progress. And I can never find it when I'm trying to set up a view. So I just know it's in the Dr. Benji one. It is the, the best thing because when I'm looking at like, I've got 35 players in my squad and I want to rotate someone in for a game and I'll look at it and go, oh, actually, this bloke, his, prog- his progression as a player is sort of plateaued. I need to play him a little bit more. I think it's a really yeah. good it's a really good indicator of are you playing the guys who aren't in your first team enough? It's a really good indicator of, okay, he's a player over their peak now. If they're like 30, 31, are they starting to decline? 
And also as well, if the thrill of football manager is signing a, a young player and then watching them rise, where does that rise start to level off? And are they at their best time to play them more or sell them as well? I find I it's a I, really good tool for that. I found interesting about the progress report thing is the, that graph is that the attributes, you know when you've got the orange or red attributes, mm. arrows, where it says they're going down, that isn't necessarily the worst things. Apparently, you're, like, it looks like their attributes can be going down, but their progress report can still be going up. Mm, so they can still the, be becoming a better player. Yeah, that's what I've been looking at as well with it. Like I've, yeah. It is great to see all arrows, like a player's actually attribute-wise is getting better. But I, I generally yeah. would now look at the progress bar. Yeah. I feel like it's just a much better that's indicator. What, that's what's so good about football manager, I think, is that, is that shows how in-depth it is that there's so many little ways to see different things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if you think Other about... Other games, so, you look at their attributes and you think, that's going up, everything's sweet, but that's not necessarily the truth. Yeah. Like, I've been looking at, in my last three days of no Salzburg save, because I am just need a little bit of a break from it because it's annoying me. I, yeah. I downloaded um, Motorsport Manager. I'd say it's the closest. It's made by Sega as well. So, like, it's published yeah. by Sega. So, it's similar, obviously, like, thought processes behind it. And I'm sure it, they've used some of the ideas from the game. Uh, and it's, it's effectively, like, I was talking to one of my mates about it. And I said it's basically like FM Touch. But in when you get into a race, it's just like Football Manager. Like, all your tactical decisions and all that sort of thing. Um, changing tyres, fuel loads, all that is as in-depth as Football Manager when you get into a race, like Football Manager is when you're in a game. But prior yeah. to a race, it just sort of simulates like FM Touch. It's a lot more basic. It's a lot more... Effectively, it's it's bigger buttons and less information. It's watered down in between, which is nice because you motor through a season. Yeah. You only got 10 races is, as well instead of 30 games. Is that, is that the reason you wanted... Is that where your idea for the more director of football to get through a bit faster and to do more managing but less hands-on stuff came from. Yeah, I think so. It's it's more like, as much as it's really nice to like, you know, make a tactical change in a game and it works, yeah. I find that once you get into a season, there's a bit of a rhythm to, to playing games. Like, you know, I know personally, the moment that it hits 60 minutes, I'm probably going to make a substitution. Yeah. And when it hits 75 minutes, I'll probably bring on some kid and put him somewhere. Yeah. And <laughs> outside of an injury or perhaps a big game where you really look into another team. There's just not, I don't have the attention like to detail in a season to look at every single game and analyze it. Every now and then I might, you know, focus play through the middle or I might make a role more defensive, but not enough to warrant, yeah, to warrant needing to play it so much. Maybe that's something they could change because I imagine although teams in real life have their tactics they use and they have their ideas, they change their thing for every game, I imagine. Especially, well, that's especially what the, defensively. Yeah, the briefing does that. The pre-game briefing. Yeah, deeper with it. Mm. I've made sure now that I it's it's not assigned to the assistant, but I click hand over to the assistant because then it obviously yeah. shows you what the other team's strengths are and it, without it just being like, oh, you're expected to know this and then the game starts. That, is that um, so the addition? I can't remember. Uh, I think so. Yeah, because I, I play it for it to be as realistic as possible. You know what I mean? I play for fun, but also for realism. <laughs> Having not really done a low early save, and I'll do my, once I get back to Adelaide and I have my computer rather than my laptop, I'll do a San Marino yep. save. And I might even put it on YouTube. Um, but yeah. Once I, do, once I get to San Marino, I'll 
be paying more attention. But for the sake of, I'm just trying at the moment, especially because I'm I'm doing like the money in the bank challenge thing. Yeah. So I'm trying to just sell players. There's lots of things in FM, and I'd, I'd I'd like to hear some feedback from people if they're listening and and think that they've bam got an idea. I've I've definitely seen some good ones. The the couple we had on Twitter were interesting. Um, so if you want to get in touch and drop us a line and let us know what you think, it's talking underscore FM on Twitter. So feel free to jump in and have a chat there. I'm always sitting there on my phone doing nothing. So especially in isolation, <laughs> I need someone to come and talk to me. Until next week, Henry, it's been fun. And great fun. Loved it. See you much more low key this week, weren't we? A bit more relaxed. A bit more because relaxed, yeah. We're recording it in the morning. That's probably why. But I yeah, well, only woke up about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, we'll see you next week. Enjoy see your you week, isolation perfect. and stay safe, everyone.